It has been a memorable week in the world of UFC. We're here to talk all about UFC 200, and we're going to say goodbye to one of our own. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Uh, I told them to play It's So Hard to Say Goodbye by Boyz II Men. I'm glad they didn't. I hate <laughs> oh, that song. Okay. Anywho, there's a lot to talk about today. That's, uh, you think? Hopefully they can give us the extra two hours that we requested today. <laughs> give what? Let's just take it. That's true. It's better to ask for forgiveness Brock than Lesnar permission. Does what Brock Lesnar wants to do. Oh, that's right. J-Tan, that's George right. Mimosa, and Double G do what they want to do. <laughs> we are here on AfterBuzz TV, the After Show Network, and we're here to talk about UFC 200 as a capped-off International Fight Week. Yes. Mm-hmm. Obviously, now it's going to be now it's an annual event that they started a few years ago. So, International Fight Week, UFC 200, probably the biggest show of all time, and we're going to see how that does in the pay per view buy rates. But we're here to talk all about it. As always, I am here with my awesome, amazing, handsome, gorgeous, uh, good-looking. You know, co-host, thank you, sir. Co-host, stepping up, young man. Co-host, I'm here with Jay Tan, Gabriel Gonzalez. I am George Mosa. But before that, why don't you guys tell people where they can follow you on the social media? Hey guys, you can catch me on Twitter at Double G on TV. Lately, got a lot of UFC 200 content, so be sure to check it out. And of course, I'm Jay Tan, seven one six, all over the internet. If you haven't figured that out out by now, I can't help you. And I am George Hermosa, G-H-E-R-M-O-Z-A, G Hermosa, eBay. I say eBay is the first one because I'm such an actor. <laughs> uh, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. Again, eBay. I'm selling a lot of cool shameless sports, promotions. Sports there. action. It's only Ichiro. My on Ichiro, the Ichiro action figure. Hey, real quick, too, uh, before we get into it here, uh, big up to Eric Clark, Stephen Stud Hill, and our chief cornerman, Joe Boza, are in the chat room. And uh, we'll be monitoring and talk about stuff and uh, go back and forth, hopefully. Cool. Thanks for watching, fellas. Before we talk about UFC 200, um, I did want to quick, like, you know, a minute or two, talk about the main event of the night before. Obviously, this is the third night mm-hmm. in a three-night straight. You know, at Thursday, you had the lightweight title for up for grabs. Yeah. Obviously, we had yesterday, UFC 200. But Friday, we had the women's strawweight uh, title up for grabs mm-hmm. for Joanna young Chechek against Claudia Gadelia. Uh, I know there were a lot more that happened, but I really want to talk about that fight really quick because it was for the title. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I think it does deserve the importance that you know we cover. It's a part of UFC um, so history. I, I did want to see what you guys think because I was like in awe uh, of the champ. What do you guys think? That was my fight of the weekend, personally. I mean, don't get me wrong. UFC 200, the guys brought it, but those women stole the show. I love just how back and forth it was. We saw just how tough Claudia Gadelia is, and Yo and Jaychik, what makes her such a great champion, and. That footwork, the hand speed, the conditioning is what paid off down the stretch. It reminded me a lot of the previous fight, the, uh, their first one, where um, this this one was much less close than the first one. Uh, I watched in, in reviewing it. I still think that Claudia won uh, the, first, the first match. Um, but what I noticed as a pattern was that Claudia seemed to really dominate uh, J.J., uh, again, especially in the clinch against the cage. Um, Joanna actually had better takedown defense in the first match than this one. Claudia was really dominant in the first two rounds, um, and I'd say even the first half of the third, mm-hmm. but then Joanna just took off by leaps and bounds, and you know it was hard to argue. She certainly didn't... Uh, no way of, of arguing that she lost the fourth and fifth round. Third is, is debatable, but I think she really, in that the second half of the third round, just... Uh, the way that she pulled ahead, stole that round, and, you know, three to two easily. Sure. I personally think we're, we're in the middle of seeing somebody great. 
I know we, a lot of people thought that about mm. Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. You know, even like you know, going back to boxing, you know, Mike Tyson. I really think Joanna is that good, so accurate. I mean, she yeah. can just put, give a beating to you. And as we clearly saw, somebody who does not, uh, you know, does not lessen her her ability mm-hmm. in the championship rounds, round four and five. That's when she really started to really show her ability and yeah. I guess took it to get Dahlia. No, definitely. She stayed disciplined. What I really like is she kept up that pace. She could have probably coasted toward the end of the fifth, but she was still giving it to Claudia. And um, I think she needed that fifth round. Yeah. She needed to dominate that one to, yeah, to but, secure the 10-9. But she could see visibly, you know, she was giving Claudia that look like, I know you're, you know, you don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. So I give her credit for, you know, keeping up the pace. And yeah, personally, Yo and Jaychik is my favorite champion to watch. Mm-hmm. And she proved it again on Friday night. Even all the judges for round four scored it ten eight for for Joanna. So I don't know that I saw a ten eight in in any of those oh, rounds. Dave Hagen, the judge, scored it for actually ten eight round four and five. Okay, so, whatever. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. um, didn't really mount. I guess you could say significant offense for five minutes. So she I was guess popping her in the face, but she didn't drop her at any time, right? Well, didn't even really face. Uh, didn't snap the head back. Nothing right. like that. You know. There wasn't anything that even made Joanna respect Claudia's power after midway through the third. So mm-hmm. I think that's why that's where those scores came from. Mm-hmm. And then a real quick congratulations to Andrew Sanchez and Tatiana Suarez, the newest Ultimate Fighter winners. Mm-hmm. So yeah. hopefully we'll see a nice career for, for them. Yeah. yeah, I think Suarez was going to – or not Tatiana, a- Andrew – uh, was there was talk of him dropping down to 185 mm-hmm. now that he's done with uh, the the tournament? Makes sense. A lot. It happens a lot when you have the tournament and you have to consistently consistently weigh in. Yeah, you know, yeah. a more natural weight as opposed to both of them were super dominant to... throughout the entire uh, mm-hmm. the entire series. Um, there's two good stars, and and I think we'll see a lot of uh, actually a lot of other guys uh, from the series get opportunities mm-hmm. over the next few months. Um, Dana was was very happy. The ratings weren't that strong, honestly, for this season. But the matches themselves really were uh, above and beyond mm-hmm. what, what we've seen in the past, the past couple of seasons. Mm. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, we're going to get right into UFC 200. Right after that, we're going to get into some late-breaking news that literally happened as we were beginning to, to record this episode. If you're watching live, thank you for watching. Uh, if thank you're you. listening to us, iTunes, SoundCloud, or even on YouTube later on, thank you so much for listening to us. But uh, yeah, UFC 200. I'm sure Dana White took the biggest dump in the world and just a big sign of relief. <laughs> a big sign of relief. Just like okay. a woof, you know, because I'm sure, you know, you know how it is. Like, you have your stomach churning, know. you know. I think maybe just, he might, yeah, maybe that, but I'm thinking a drink sit, or just, maybe just a nice steak meal. I, I'm sure he just sat there and just like, oh my God, thank God it's he, over. He went home, well, yes. had a few drinks, and he's still asleep right now. <laughs> I bet you anything. But uh, just real quick before we get into the fight by fight, and we'll be covering a lot of the fights because it's that stacked. Yes. Overall thoughts on the actual show? The fights themselves, you know what? I think you got everything you could have asked for considering the circumstances. Mm-hmm. I will say, and I think a lot of journalists pointed this out, I wasn't, it was lacking that special aura that I feel sometimes comes with having those big stars like a McGregor Rousey. But for what you had, for what is the most stacked card in uh, MMA history, I think it delivered as much as it was going to, and no complaints. It was worth the ticket. I'd go beyond that. It absolutely did uh, deliver. Um, I find it fascinating to see so much of the internet uh, bashing on the show, saying it was a crappy card, the matches sucked, etc. You didn't get Ronda Rousey, you didn't get Conor McGregor, but you got Brock Lesnar. You got an imaginative match in Daniel Cormier versus Anderson Silva, and the storyline behind that, even though there's not a build-up, um, there is kind of a build-up, right? In in the way that he, you know, he, Anderson comes in at the last minute. Uh, you saw two. I mean, 
We're talking about three different shows, three different days, UFC 200 itself. Um, you saw a couple of women's matches. A couple? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Two. Um, well, I'm looking on the... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, of course. Right. Um, you saw a title change hands. Mm-hmm. You, you saw a new champion as well. We kind of broke a bottleneck. I think the show delivered on all fronts. Mm-hmm. And I know that some of the matches um, were not slobber knocker back and forth classics, but um, I don't think that you can blame the fighters for that. And I'm speaking no. specifically of uh, Lesnar Hunt mm-hmm. and Cormier Silva. You know, um, the booing, when, when we talk about that, you know, the booing of the fans, screw them. You know, there's, if, if, you're, if you're booing these guys for, for that kind of, of ground and pound, you know, you, you probably should try another sport like knitting. Well, let's get right into the main event now. I mentioned this main event, and before I talk about the history of, of the main event, and mm-hmm. kudos to both women. This is like well, this is like the fourth or the fifth main event announced. Initially, when UFC 200 <laughs> was announced, yeah. it was initially Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz. Mm-hmm. Then yep. we all know that how that ended up turning out mm-hmm. with Conor McGregor and you know retirement and whatnot. Yep. And then from there, I went from John Jones to Daniel Cormier. Mm-hmm. Then we all saw how that played out. Um, for a second, it was it looked like it was going to be Brock Lesnar versus Mark Hunt. Wait before they finally decided on Misha Tate and Amanda Nunes, which, regardless regardless of the circumstances, it is huge for women in sports. UFC 100, you probably would have never thought oh, no. that UFC 200, maybe even UFC 150, mm-hmm. you would have never thought UFC 200, especially without Ronda Rousey in there. Yes, oh, yeah. um, but you know, so kudos to Nunes, kudos to Tate, who have been working their asses off mm-hmm. for the last however long many years. You know, going to get that main event, you know, sponsorship money and championship fight, et cetera, et cetera. But so, like I said, I, kudos to to all those women involved. You know, obviously, yeah. no, truly, it's been. A long time coming. Well, Def- the problem is that it's not the women. It's the women's title. Mm-hmm. There is a title. I mean, they were thrown in as the main event um, what, in like 24 hours or so. Yeah. Um, but the match had already been booked. It had already been signed. I think they already weighed in at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does speak to the UFC um, respecting uh, their women's championships. You know, they're, they're investing in building it up. Because they could have easily put in... Jose Aldo and Frankie Edgar, mm-hmm. you know? True. Two guys that have longer legacies than either of those women in, in the, the UFC. Um, but they didn't. This is for the official, real title, undisputed. And um, I, I absolutely agree that title matches should be at the very top, regardless mm-hmm. of who is there. Um, so, yes, kudos to that. And on top of that, now as well, worthy of note, we have a new, uh, I think the, the PC term is, uh, or first, uh, LGBT champion mm-hmm. in mixed martial arts in the UFC, you know, um, that's that's history unto itself. Um, and it wasn't a fluke match. She had a great performance. She dominated. Um, and, you know, that speaks volumes to, uh, to that community. Uh, yeah, I really want to point out the fact. I love that as uh, the MMA community in the UFC respected the fact that it was um, the women for the undisputed title. I'm not going to argue that Brock Lesnar, as a star, probably a bigger draw than mm. Misha and Amanda. You know, I'm not going to question that. Absolutely. He does bring in a lot of big names. But I'm glad the fact that they respected the fact that this is two championship-level fighters. Brock, for his, you know, he does have that mystique about him. I'm not going to take that away. 
But I like that. You know what? They respected these fighters who, at the top of the game, Lesnar, he wasn't at the top of the mountain when he left, and he's been out a few years. So I'm glad they respected Misha and Amanda, even though you probably could have gotten more views or, uh, sorry, um, more buys if you put Lesnar's name at the top of that. I don't think it's funny because it doesn't. No. Really, in my I'm opinion, I thought about it too. It doesn't make a difference because you're already buying the event. It's yeah, true. you yeah. know, and you're already at the show. So I mean that's what I'm kind of it's a number it's that a question never, of what you, what do you respect the most yeah and numbers that we'll never ever ever find out or ever know is like I'm kind of curious if anybody was ever like oh, I'm not going to buy it anymore because Jones and Cormier is off the off right. the card you know yeah. it's not like it was the only fight then we've seen fights or cards suffer because of maybe somebody oh, in the main event not you know but obviously this is from top to bottom like a, a strong percentage of shows or of pay per views are bought very last minute they're mm-hmm. not ordered ahead of time so I I can see. Um, that there may have been some uh, some drop off when uh, when it, uh, Jones fell off the card, mm-hmm. but that said, you're not going to you're you're not going to not buy the card because Brock Lesnar is third from the top as opposed to first from the top or the co-main versus you know the opener. If he's the opening match mm-hmm. on the pay per view. You're buying the pay-per-view. But if he's on Fox, then maybe you won't buy the pay-per-view. But that's well, a completely to. different – exactly. It's a completely different channel and even And even for the people that bought tickets, let's say let's say for your sake. Let's say it's just for our gun's sake. People only want to see Baya, Cain Velasquez, Trinidad for Brown. That's the fight they want to see the most. You're not going to spend 500 bucks just to walk out after the first fight either. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, Agreed. you want to like – at least for me. You know, for me, that's that's something that I want to at least see how my money gets spent. I'm going to stay mm-hmm. as long as I can. You know, sure. that's a lot of money that oh, I can never really get back. You know, I, I'm with you. I'm there, you know, for the first prelim fight that you know it's just me and the popcorn guy mm-hmm. in the arena I, mm-hmm. that's how i am when i go to see those <laughs> things live so respect to that yeah steven studhill is uh mentioning here he chips in and says uh, you know women kick arse so i'm guessing you're on the other side of the pond my friend <laughs> also what did you guys think of the yellow mat let's talk about some of the other things that were distinctive of ufc 200 huh yellow mat Gold gloves. No, it's, no it was supposed Bruce to be buffer. gold. It was supposed to be gold. Thank Matt. you. Yes, but I mean, obviously, out, it looked like piss a... yellow. No, no, you know, <laughs> it did. It did look like piss yellow. It was I, positive test yellow, yeah. mustard yellow. Uh, yes, yeah, mustard yellow. I would have liked it more if it was a metallic gold. I mm-hmm. think that would have been sick. But yeah. I understood. Oh, you're trying to say it's gold. That's like when you buy a gold crayon and it's golden rod. Remember that back yeah. in school? That's what it looked like, and I was like, "That." Uh, I almost would have rather had it white. After oh, seeing absolutely. That yellow. But I, I, don't, I don't know how you don't um, get a sample of that and see how it looks long before you're uh, you're up against uh, up against the wall where you have to go with it. I mean, I would think that they probably did a prototype beforehand and (laughs) somebody said yeah this is good let's go with this this it's fine i mean credit to try to make it different for such a seminal event but just one of those experiments that didn't play out well when you watch it on tv big time (laughs) of course as you just mentioned you know uh amanda nunez the first you know lgbt the keyword openly gay because sure. uh, I don't yes. want I don't want Mark Coleman come out. Oh, by the way, I like guys back in the day, so I'm I'm the first ever, you know. But yeah, and I, you I can't know imagine what? That, happening. that could. I wouldn't be we, surprised. We've always that... heard about some athletes be like, oh, by the way, I was gay, and you know, back in the '80s. But you know, you never really said anything because s- that was a different time then. There have been so many champions. You honestly never know. You never know. But yes, uh, let's talk about that main event. At the end of the day, it was Amanda Amanda uh, Amanda Nunes versus yep. Misha Tate. Misha Tate coming in uh, as champion, obviously beating Holly Holm back in March. Yeah. Um, are you surprised by this result? I know I was a little surprised. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 was, I did not expect Nunes to win, even though I 
if anybody's been following me on Twitter and Instagram, DraftKings, baby. I don't know why we're not going to do a promo for that. Nobody gave me, told me a promo, but it would be the first, it's the perfect time to do a promo because I want like over 150 bucks on DraftKings this year. Dude, kick nice. it. Kick a freestyle. Well, well, well let, me, let me hear what you guys think about this fight first. I was shocked because, you know what, Misha Tate, she's been on quite a run since she lost that second time to Rousey, mm-hmm. and uh, she'd been going through, she's gone through top 10 opponents ever since that loss. And then, obviously, we saw her tenacity to take out Holly Holm. So, to lose in the first round like that, mm-hmm. it was very shocking. Take into account Amanda, she fought, uh, fought Valentina Shlevchenko. She didn't look the most impressive in that fight either mm-hmm. going into this one. So, to see Amanda just come out, really sting Misha from the opening bell, it, it was shocking to just see it that quick, considering how tough we've come to know Misha is. A lot of this, uh, a, a, a lot of the, the sport itself in general, is who shows up on that day. And by the same token, uh, Holly Holm in her match before Ronda, she didn't look very good either. Mm-hmm. Um, she went to a unanimous decision I think against it was Raquel Pennington. Yeah, I think it was there's, Rocky. There's somebody, no, she, there's somebody after that too. She fought someone who was unranked. Okay, yeah. um, but. You know, in in watching this one, the way that Amanda moved, like, she she really was flawless. Um, I do think, though, it it seemed to me from watching uh, that I I feel like a strike uh, stuck uh, stuck Misha, I think probably broke her nose, and Mm -hmm. I think probably changed the game. I I think there was one strike in there that probably changed the game because she was not – she was backpedaling for most of the round. After Mm -hmm. that happened, um, there was a knee as she – or there was a knee to the face – as Misha was on the ground getting up, and I don't think that it hit, but uh, perhaps. I didn't get to watch the uh, post-fight press conference to hear any confirmation about mm-hmm. that. But there was definitely a strike where Misha just turned off, and mm-hmm. for the rest of the round, she was she was on the defensive. Um, I think you see the match go differently um, if, if you're running back. And, um, you know, maybe Nunes still still takes her, uh, takes her into deep water. Um, Maybe we'll see a rematch. I mean, what's fascinating here is that this was the number four contender. Nobody else was really around, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Holly Holm, I think, was uh, – I don't remember what exactly – why she wasn't uh, billed for uh, for the rematch. But, um, you know, Misha obviously defending. Ronda gone. Um, so you had to go with number four. And then that's totally understandable, yeah. and I don't think it's an unreasonable thing. But Amanda's name obviously meant absolutely nothing to, to this title match in terms of marquee value. And I felt – a lot of people were crapping on on the match itself that it should have been some combination of the triumvirate of Ronda, Misha, and Holly. You know, somehow make it happen. Couldn't happen, so you go with what you got, and look what we got. We got a new star. This shit happens. This is why the sport is so awesome, mm-hmm. and that's why it's not unreasonable go to go to number four. You know, for a title match that's totally deserving. No, definitely, under the circumstances. Keep in mind, they were never supposed to be the main event. When you think about Mm -hmm. it, a lot of people were expecting way back last year, it's got to be a rematch between Ronda and Holly. That was the one we thought, oh, the time works fine. Like you already said, we cycled through so many main events. So, yeah, technically you didn't need a two-fire, you know, double-name billing on top. Let's say, you know, an Aldo McGregor type situation, two top-level guys, you know, or at least perceived that way. You know, no disrespect to Amanda. So that was shocking. Also, I thought it was very noticeable. Um, One, I do believe that Misha did quit uh, about halfway through, about two minutes in. She was broken. She was broken. If Amanda had chosen just to 
follow up with ground and pound, she would have gotten the win in the same she amount of time. Got, she, I think she could have done any submission and, yeah. and at some point. She, I mean, her, she yeah. was just mentally and physically yeah. done. Misha didn't even... I don't think the Upper choke was even under broken. the... Okay, yeah, it was probably on damage, but I know that arm wasn't even under the chin. I feel it's worthy to note, look at how well that 135 women's division is doing. And Ronda Rousey hasn't even been around. I mean, that title is changing hands. You know, whoever's next, Holly Holm's still up there. Juliana Pena looked all right tonight. That division is thriving. And I think it's very surprising to see just how much the MMA community is kind of come to terms with the fact that, you know what, if it's not Ronda next, we still got a lot of top girls in there, and that's what's pretty cool about seeing that change of the guard right now. I mean, it's interesting important. to note, in a few weeks, Holly Holm will fight Valentina Shevchenko, and yes. who knows? You know, obviously we can see anything can happen, and I asked this question to our panel just a few days ago, you know, mm-hmm. when you were not here. By the way, so put plug your Twitter, even though you were not here, Thank so it'd you, be sir. nice to know. I, I watched it, you guys did a great job. I know we did a great job. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. So duck comes to mind. We've been doing this. Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought I should be nice to my co-workers on live internet. But the young buck is getting a little out of pocket here. But I did want to ask you this, right, and man. I did want to hear your opinion, <laughs> is you are, you a fan, are you a fan of the consistent title changes, or are you more of a fan of the one person one person dominating the division? Obviously, we've seen with the Bantamweight women's division, you know, home beat Rousey, Tate beat home. Now, Nunes beat Tate, not only in, you know, they beat him, but on their first title defense. You guys had a great discussion about that, and you know what? I agree with what you guys said. That disparity is nice. When you got a guy like uh, St. Pierre, Anderson Silva, yeah, it's got that tension. This is one of the best ever booked. To, could tonight be the night, right? So you love that. I think, you know, the sport needs superstars. Obviously, if you lose often, you know, the way some of these champions who, you know, they win the title, lose it, maybe get it back, lose it again. Yeah, it's harder to make them more marketable uh, in that way. But um, I'm okay with it. I think it shows that it, it's more of a surprise every title fight. You know, it can't always be a dominant champion. That's why there's several divisions. There's several stars. So... I'm okay with it. Like I said, this division is thriving, and it doesn't even have its biggest star active right now. It's not a question about one or the other. What do you prefer? Yeah, it's just a matter of a a champion. It's a matter of how things play out. Because no, no, no. Because this is. I like to go to this. It's a shoot sport. Mm -hmm. It's not. uh, uh, It's it's not. Uh, you're not mapping this thing out. I mean, there's certain things you can do. A promoter can do to kind of triangulate as best you can, but. In this sport, anything happens, obviously. Um, the other issue to that is when you have a dominant champion, to a certain amount of time, there's a certain number of matches that you have to get through uh, sure. before he really catches, he or she catches on mm-hmm. with the fans. Um, uh, that was the case, frankly, with Ronda when she was uh, when she was defending her Strikeforce title. Um, there was a lot of buzz, obviously, with the the Liz Carmouche thing, and you know by that point the the ship had sailed True. with her uh, with her fame. But uh, Demetrius Johnson has has been facing this thing right now. I think he's just getting over the cusp. Now he's becoming a name that people are really excited about because he's got this shot to beat Anderson Silva, mm-hmm. who, by the way, also suffered the same problem. You know, people didn't care about him until they realized how dominant he was. So you've got to get past. Uh, get past the hump, unfortunately. I will say this, though. I personally prefer the dominant champion as long as there's a, a contender at some point. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, like a look, legit person who you 
it's not just a one-sided blowout the way a lot of DJs are. Exactly. I mean, you look at even though DJ's fight got got you know canceled because he got hurt. Like, yeah. I mean, no respect to R- Wilson Hayes, but like, like really, like the number eight guy. I know rankings don't really mean that much, but like. I mean, I mean well, yeah, that's, that's how say, much of a disparity it is, you know? Unfortunately for him, that division is only, like, what, 18 people deep to begin with? Yeah, so, you know, that's no knock on DJ. Wrong timing in his division. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe if he'd come in 10 years later and they got 100 flyweights, he'd still be kicking ass, but we'd Probably. never know. I do got to say, a dominant champion across, like, all 10 divisions? Really? No, I mean, it just, oh, okay. if, I mean, if if I'm forced to choose, I'd, I'd, I'd okay, rather have. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was gonna say, it's like, if you honestly had something like that, wow, I didn't even know if it would still be interesting. If I mean, it all depends. The this guy, it depends. Like right. I said, I, I, if you ask me, That's I, a good I, question, I like Jay? the days of the GSP. Like GSP is probably one of my favorite fighters of all time. Mine too. And, and so for him to come in and just completely, you know, show his greatness, um, and same thing with Anderson Silva. So I, I, it's just like like we mentioned on, on a Friday, where like you're watching greatness happen. It's same, the <laughs> same way I'm seeing uh, greatness in the women's strawweight division. I, I, I see Joanna, and I'm like, wow, like this girl is truly amazing. Like yeah. it, it's going to mean that much more when she does get beat. Mm-hmm. It's so true. it's kind of it's it's kind of you know. Is a G thing in the chat room is saying Tate seemed nervous before the fight. Best fight of the week belonged to Joanna and Claudia. That's totally fair uh, yes. point there. Eric Clark wants us to get into the main event with Brock. He also says Kane looks great, uh, and, and Stephen Studhill as well. Yeah, Kane was was looking good, but the main event itself. Before we get into that Brock Lesnar fight, I want to know that who does Amanda Nunes fight next? I think if Holm looks really impressive, it's assuming a, Rousey's back early next year, I think so. Eventually. She's off the off the I don't know. I mean, just, off the table just, for the next. Six yeah, months. I mean, just, so, it, you haven't heard anything that she is coming back. So right. we got to okay. even Dana White in the post fight said. It's still more likely early next year. So mm-hmm. taking her off the table, I think if Holm has a great performance against Shevchenko, put her in. Yeah. It's a fight we haven't seen, especially if Holm looks dominant. Mm-hmm. Also notable, if Rousey comes back, we know she's getting the title shot. Mm-hmm. Let's say Holm beats Nunez. That sets up that big rematch we all wanted to see in the first place when Holm mm-hmm. beat Rousey. So sure. that's my pick. Obviously, anything can happen. Uh, Juliana Pena, I think, is the next one. Because we'll after that... Her a little bit. After that, in looking at the top five here, Juliana is number five. Um, you are kind of getting bottlenecked to a certain extent. Um, we've got to get past uh, home and Shevchenko. Uh, so now Amanda is is the top uh, top dog. Top dog. Um, you don't do a rematch with Misha right away. Ronda off the table. So that leaves uh, home Zingano, who just lost, and uh, Juliana Pena. Well, you'd take Pena over Zingano anyway, just off of that night alone. Right, right, of course, yeah. Um, or if Shevchenko wins, you know, beats home. The problem is there that probably the only big name, the only name that is going to catch any cachet um, to be a challenger is going to be Holly Holm. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, uh, it, it's going to be just a title match of two women that nobody has recognized. So they've got to sure. start building it up. I now, well, I was just going to say they'd go with Pena just because, oh, the Ultimate Fighter winner. Yeah, there's a little bit of cachet with that. I mean, that's the best. But it's not Holly. Be- it's not pay-per-view. Right there. Um, no, it's not going to be. It's going to be in co-main. Um, maybe you can, you know, Nunez, you can possibly build into a larger star because of tapping into the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. And they are going to support and follow the shit out of her. Uh, as well they should. You know, I feel like I saw that a lot with uh, Liz Carmouche and building up to the mm-hmm. match against Rousey. Uh, and I, I hope we have a new star with Nunez. And also, you know, just as a fighter, not even just, you know, her orientation. She was, She's a badass, and she showed it yeah. off. Well, that's the great thing about it, too. That's true. 
So there's that. That's true. I mean, she she does have a loss over Ken Zingano, so that kind of does. If Ken Zingano were to be able to come back and maybe two or three wins in a row, and mm-hmm. Nunez is still champion, that's another storyline as we as we will see that. Uh, know just how Bisping right. got that next title shot. But uh, the, the, the next, the co-main event, we have a returning for the first time in five, almost five years, Brock Lesnar against number eight Mark Hunt. This, for me, the fight that I was looking forward to the most, just being a huge wrestling fan and seeing what Brock can do. I want to know what you guys thought about this fight. I was shocked that he looks healthy enough to stay in for SummerSlam. What is it, next month? August 21st? Yeah. So next for Brock Lesnar is Randy Orton. Obviously not UFC, but let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> um, you know, most shocking to me, we always he looked like he'd been hitting the weight room still. We knew that was apparent. The big question, has he been sparring? Because we all know he used to count 3,000 rounds. Uh, so you know, I wouldn't have believed him if he said 30 rounds. But um, I was impressed that uh, second round, he wasn't able to get Hunt down. And he took a few solid shots that I think Brock of, you know, 2010, 2011 would have maybe started to wilt. Mm-hmm. So he ate a few. Didn't I mean, his striking, he didn't turn into Anderson Silva in five years. But you know what? He ate a few shots. He used his size the way we're used to. And he did what he had to, sat on top of Mark Hunt, just earned those easy points, used those big canned yam hands that he does, and he got a solid victory. I think stylistically, I mean, Hunt, he was always going to have to get really deep into Lesnar's reach just to touch him, so stylistically, he did benefit from that. It's not like he was fighting a top guy in that re- regard, stylistically. But good fight for Lesnar. He actually surprised me how well he could take a punch, and I didn't expect that going in. I guess that's maybe skill-wise one of the only things you can take away from that match is mm-hmm. that Lesnar's chin is is strong and he is healthier than he was uh, five years ago. I didn't care about this match building up to it. Mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar comes back, whatever, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going against Mark Hunt. That's a pretty tough challenge um, mm-hmm. stylistically. But to what end is that? Mark Hunt beats Brock Lesnar. What do you do with Mark Hunt? You know, um, Nothing. You're, you're still stuck there. So Brock comes back um, and... Fantastic, uh, fantastic showing there. The thing that I enjoyed most about Brock, to be quite honest, was afterwards, mm. like seeing him. I didn't care. Of course, he was going to take him down. Of course, he's going to pound him out. Of course, mm-hmm. he's going to use his weight. True. But you saw him smile. You saw him have fun. You saw him engage. You know, previously Brock was the the big silent gorilla killer. And you had somebody else do the talking for him, you know. Or when he did talk, he just talked like an asshole, which was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that too, mm-hmm. right? But now here, we're getting to see Brock uh, Brock Lesnar, the person. He said he had a great time. He was smiling about the whole thing. Um, you know, he a little bit of cockiness that was beyond uh, – it, it was more finesse than just the usual, nah, shut up. I'm drinking Coors Light and I'm going to hop on my wife, you know. Like, it's less of a bully and more of enjoying engaging with uh, the media and the fans and stuff. So, to that end, I'm interested in seeing Brock again. And the way that he was talking, it's a lock that we're going to see him again. It did, it did seem like he, he little a sign of relief knowing that he can get through this. Obviously, oh, yeah. he, he said, not. I mean, obviously, we saw him lose to people. But according to Brock, he didn't lose to those guys. He lost to diverticulitis. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what everyone says. Uh, I'm not to take, yeah, he was affected. I'm not going to take that away. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's like when a fighter says, I'm a lot better than my record. Of course you're going to say that. Yeah. What are you going to go out there and say to promote it's a like fight? It's like when your coach says, like, oh, my fighter is the best fighter of all time. Like, oh, yeah, no shit. Yeah, you know? but, um, so, yeah, I'll give you that credit. 
I still think you got to see how does he fare when he's up against, let's say, a guy as nimble as a Dos Santos who, you know, a little bit bigger. You know, I think we got to see how Lesnar matches up. He was pretty fast and agile. He he was, but we that once again the size thing as a physical specimen that's something that just Brock may it if he gets his hands on his, Dos Santos he's taking him down well I don't know I mean even Cain Velasquez as strong as he is you know manhandled Brock he had trouble taking Dos Santos down in the first few rounds right it was a so, different different different, Kane, different Brock true face came true but so we gotta wait and see obviously Matt Styles make fights but for right now he looked yeah, good the next fight and Styles make fights but I do want to ask you this now there's there's two ways to look at this scenario sure. if Brock Lesnar comes back and makes a run for the belt or is Brock Lesnar gonna come back and just be another attraction does that make a difference in who his next opponent will be assuming he does come back there's going to be contractual issues to that. That's yes. what I wonder is how will he be able to put his con- WWE contract on hold? Well, I mean, it, I what, it, it, besides it, that, because, no, no, I mean, no, no, no. he fought yesterday. That, for a one-time thing, that's yeah. hugely different than going for a title run. That's different. No, You're putting your WWE career on hold. Now, let me ask you, because this is uh, relevant, do you know when his WWE contract is up? It would be around WrestleMania time because he signed it. Uh, either it was a one year, year extension, f- right? I think he signed like a th- two year, okay, or three, so two or three, okay. But was, possibly, so next year around WrestleMania is when. Yeah, it's usually right? around that that okay. March April time. Okay, all right. I think they're going to give him a few guys uh, similar to Hunt, maybe a little different stylistically, but someone who's not necessarily going to make Brock look too bad. In the if one or Hunter two fights, and, Lesn- it, and Stephanie let him fight. Yeah, if yeah, if Lesnar, you know, this is uh, taking into account saying he does figuratively come back to UFC. Uh-huh. He'll probably have another two of those fights, and then we'll see if he does look legit. Maybe they'll give him someone that puts him on the fast title track. Because I look at it like this: is if obviously from a WWE standpoint, if he makes a title run. I guarantee you within a week or a month, he's going to become the WWE champion because, you know, they want that image <laughs> oh, of, of one guy having both belts and pretty much all aspects of that Within a genre, week, I you know, doubt it. it. Or a month, or depending on when they fight, because obviously we've seen I, he'll fight and then wrestle the following month. I don't think that you'll see that. I don't think that either side will allow him or anybody, Punk, or not that Punk's going to go back to WWE, or mm-hmm. Ronda, to flip-flop back and forth. That's completely unrealistic. Dude, I, I, it hurts the business too much. No, A year ago, point, I'd agree with you. Who, who benefits the most from that? Brock Lesnar, for, for having two belts. Yeah. True. But it puts everybody else at risk. And those neither of those companies are going to put themselves at risk. So mm-hmm. that's not going to happen at all. So with that, that said, point. if he comes back, who does he fight? One guy. Just pick one guy. I, I, I would say either Derek Lewis or Junior Dos Santos. Because I, I, hmm. I think he fought Mark Hunt because they know that Mark Hunt is not going to be main event for, for the title shot anytime soon. They needed a guy that's a good, solid hand, that's under UFC contract, that just like, well, I'll just put him with Mark Hunt, you know. I, as much as I hate saying it, I don't think Dos Santos being at the top of that list anytime soon. you got Stipe, Kane, um, 
you know, who knows if Arlovsky will get on another yeah. run. And we got uh, Fabrizio Verdun, Overeem. Yeah. I don't think that JDS fits in there uh, anytime soon, which is why I think if we were to come back, him and JDS, which were they were going to fight a few years ago. They're both coaches of Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. Right. So I think, to me, JDS, Brock Lesnar would make the most sense the, for... I the think key it would be marquee value. Yeah. Who, you know, who is that? I'd, I'd be interested. But, JDS, I agree. Andre Arlovsky would be interesting, too. That's something that piques people's curiosity. Or if Federer, comes, if Federer ends up coming in. I was mm-hmm. going to say, you know, that could be a wild card. Finally, you know, he was finally on Fight Pass a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. You know, if you guys want to make that dream match, I, it's closer to being possible. Is it I'd a dream say, match anymore, though? I mean, yeah. Technically, Anderson Cormier. So let's bend the rules for the night. Let's say, hmm. yeah, they. I do didn't it. get to see uh, Cor- uh, Fedor's uh, showing it, there. I heard it was not great. I, I heard, it I wasn't. Heard. But you know, it, even won. it's just about putting his putting the name on the ticket. That is still a possibility. I think it was a dream match before. That's true. Yeah, but a lot of people eliminated it from the realm of possibility because of Brock yeah. going back to WWE, Fedor retiring. But now it's like, yeah. dude, they, they both just fought within the last month. So. That said, uh, who would have thought that Ken Shamrock would would draw? <laughs> he drew well past his uh, mm-hmm. uh, his, sure. his fighting time. Kimbo Slice, etc. So you know there is something. But it's kind of a freak show match, though. I mm-hmm. think that Brock mm-hmm. would want to challenge himself mm-hmm. more so, uh, especially off of this buzz of you know I beat Mark Hunt. You know, let me get a top. Eight guy. Do you think that Fedor is necessarily going to be in the top uh, no. top ten? I'm sure. I'm sure as long that. as Brock gets another two point five million, I'm sure he'll fight whoever the hell. He <laughs> I would say that if he's, uh, it depends how. Oh, serious another ten thousand for Reebok. Oh yeah, <laughs> so he got twenty five million and ten thousand dollars. You know, it, you know what? If he is serious about testing himself, he'll take Dos Santos. If he's just there for the paycheck, he'll probably take Derek Lewis. Uh-huh. Andre Orlovsky. I think Orlovsky is much more, uh, um, much more marquee value. Than uh, than that, Derek Lewis is somebody that you build up, and I don't think you feed him Brock right away. Yeah, I feel like they're trying to build up Lewis. If, you yeah. know, obviously, like I mentioned, like uh, they don't want to interfere with guys that maybe might be a main event or legitimate mm-hmm. title contender. And I don't think Derek Lewis will be, but at least he's been showing himself good enough, as shown. Yeah. I think he fought yesterday, the day before. Roy Nelson in um, the tough finale. Yeah, so maybe. Uh, or sorry, I think that off- Derek Lewis yeah. versus Mark Hunt, for that matter. Yeah. Or Travis. Maybe. Mark Hunt, probably. Maybe. That'd yeah. be more fun. But uh, speaking of a dream match, this next fight was a dream match without even knowing, apparently. Because <laughs> nobody even thought it was going to happen right until, here. what, two, three days ago. Mm-hmm. Daniel Cormier, who was a light heavyweight champion, fighting against Anderson Silva in the light heavyweight division. Obviously, we're not going to get into the whole John Jones. We talked about that two days ago, and everybody's probably, I'm sure, way over it by now. Yeah. But enter Anderson Silva, who I think Wednesday... Was at home chilling, you know, with, with his wasn't kids. Wasn't he on his way? No, he Thursday. Was on his way. He said, "I think they okay. said Thursday he was yeah. on his way over he for the festivities, big nog into the yeah. Hall of Fame and fan expo. Or just because he yeah, was going to be week. doing a million autographs, you know, hanging out. He's normal. I, I got to say this, you know, respect to Anderson Silva for stepping up. He didn't have to, especially when you know Cormier is in shape, ready to fight uh-huh. a beast like John Jones. That said, you know, I mean, under the circumstances, you. They were just there to collect a paycheck. I mean, Anderson, yeah, he did try to get a bit of flair going, the switch kicks, the jumping knees. But Cormier stifled him. I honestly feel like Cormier even let him off the hook a little bit. I mean, it seemed Mm. apparent that if he really wanted to pressure Anderson with punches, he probably could have got him out of there. I hate to say that about Silva, but two days' notice, he hasn't really trained since the gallbladder surgery. I mean, you got what you were going to get. Like I said, props to him. He's a warrior for coming in to save the show. 
Uh, he could have taken a big hit, you know, even by accident, even if Cormier is controlling himself. Those are some mm-hmm. big guys. But the fact is, you got, you know, the best you were going to get under the circumstances. It wasn't going to be competitive from Anderson unless he got him out in, like, the first five seconds with some crazy. No, I think that it was... Um, I, I predicted it was going to be a ground fight. Um, if if Cormier was foolish enough to stay and uh, stay on the feet with Anderson, then I think you would have seen uh, you would have seen a lot more with Anderson by the second and the third, the beginning of the second and third round. He started to uh, he started to to kind of get his uh, get his pace. You know, we saw uh, the more aggressive, playful Anderson. Um, but it was pretty obvious. I mean, wh- what do you do when you know that you're going to get knocked out by Anderson Silva? Try to, to don't get knocked out on the feet. Take him down. He always has trouble with uh, uh, with wrestlers. Or I, I, I should preface that he seems to be okay with working off of his back, but it also really doesn't seem to work for him necessarily. The first white fight with Chael Sonnen, uh, Chael was pounding the hell out of him. He was Anderson was not winning that match yeah. until. Boop, Slip on they the, the, the triangle. Houdini escape. Like yeah, I yeah. Like to call it. Travis Luter uh, was taking him down as well. I mean, years before that, Dan Henderson Dan dominated Henderson. him in the first round. Yeah, yeah. But the that's the round. thing. When Anderson Silva wants to, he goes. You know what? Boom! I'm done with the match. I choke you out. You know, mm-hmm. Travis Luter, Dan Henderson again. You know, Chael. So um, it was one of those. It was a scenario where maybe Anderson was looking to. Uh, to figure to um, to be able to put away Daniel whenever he wanted to and couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. But then again, it, that lockdown, having uh, you know trapping Daniel's uh, leg like that, um, that's uh, that's a move where you you know you, you trap a guy um, and and I don't know you kind of buy time or you use it to set up for something else. He never was setting up for something else. He was just kind of chilling there on the ground, which was a, a strange thing. But you can't say that he was just he was there just for a paycheck. He was saving the show, you know, as you said. You yeah. know, he was doing everybody a favor, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, even so, like, even Cormier even admitted that that body shot that Anderson got with it, it hurt him. And, you know, it mm-hmm. felt like it was actually going to be somewhere. Obviously, unfortunately, there was like 30 seconds left in the fight. But mm-hmm. I do want to hear your thoughts because I know you're very you're pretty passionate about it. The people booing Daniel Cormier. Like, do they even belong? Do they even are worth calling themselves fight fans? This has been my last show, so I'm going to use my cachet here. Fuck those guys. Forget about it. No, I, it drove me nuts hearing those boos. Especially when Brock did the my same thing. Brock did the same thing, and they exactly. cheered him. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the same thing. Um, and people were cheering Brock, which I guess I can understand. You know, Cormier, for whatever reason, seems to be a bit more of a heel in the eyes of the public than Brock. Mm-hmm. You know, and then maybe it's the squeaky clean white guy. He's got a little bit of a Bob Backlund syndrome, you know? Squeaky clean Brock Lesnar? No, 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 no. Okay, uh, Cormier. Cormier got, you know, too say, squeaky wait, clean okay. for fans to really enjoy getting behind. You know, whereas okay. Brock, yeah, of course, everyone enjoys being on his team. Um, <laughs> you know, but it, it drove me nuts. Of course, like, if you know enough about the sport, then you should have seen that coming. And if you didn't know enough about the sport, okay, that's fine. Um, But it is, I mean, Cormier was pounding him out, you know? Um, And I know that when people, you know, casual fans or or younger fans, they hear of the legacy of Anderson Silva. They want to see a knockout. They want to see some flashy spinny shit. Um, You didn't get that, okay. But you don't boo Anderson Silva. You don't boo Daniel Cormier. Miss me with that shit, guys. I think what it came down to is when you think about it, like, hey, we lost the John Jones fight. Anderson Silva, he's he's got a lot of fans worldwide, more so <laughs> than Cormier at this point, even though Cormier is the champion. I think, you know, 
all things considered, yeah. Uh, rather than, would you, mm-hmm. do you really want to watch 15 minutes of just sit there, ground and pound in a lockdown? Or do you want a maybe opportunity to see some of that silver magic as, right. you know, maybe out of reach as it would have been? So I think that's where it came from. Yeah. If I was there, I paid a couple, what, maybe a couple thousand just for nosebleeds that night. <laughs> okay, you know what? It wasn't I, quite that much, but I, I get your point. I get it. But, you yeah. know, definitely, you know, it's MMA. Cormier fought the smart fight, so you can't knock him for mm-hmm. taking the, you know, smart road, especially when you think maybe he watched so many Anderson Silva highlights. It's like, you know what? I don't want to try that, even if of it's course. just on two days' notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be a very different fight. Uh, if we booked this thing out, you know, two months and, oh, yeah. and everybody stayed healthy and stuff. Oh, that yeah. would be fun. I mean, really quick, I mean, technically speaking, because of a no contest, Anderson Silva hasn't won in Since nearly four, four years. Yeah. Does all these losses hurt his legacy at all, especially last night? Did that hurt his legacy at all? Last night, no, when you consider circumstances. Maybe the Nate Diaz won more just because it should have been, and we. it's under his own power that he didn't get that victory due to the failing the drug test uh-huh. so i i think the fact that as it starts to go on it's starting to get a little bit there and i hate to say it because i'm the biggest anderson silva fan but the time is starting to rack up against him and mm-hmm. the fact is he's still getting in that cage and he's not getting that victory even the michael bisping one close as it was mm-hmm. you argue it was in his hands just to be a little more active so i think it does come down to anderson and it is starting to Maybe take a little bit of the blemish off that, take, put some blemish on that shine he's had for so long. I was gonna, I'm gonna harken back to another fighter we just talked about, Andre Olovsky. I wonder if we're going to see with Anderson Silva what Andre Olovsky went through, where there was a point where you know he was losing matches, looked like his career was over, he was done physically, he was not performing in the cage like he should have. Now all of a sudden we're seeing a new Andre Olovsky. You know, mm-hmm. it's like holy shit, where did this come from? Who's to say that that wouldn't be the case with uh, Anderson Silva, who, you know, has Wolverine-like healing powers and, you know, can do all kinds of stuff that just kind of daze and amaze in in the cage, you know, that that defy defy logic. Um, We may not see that, but that is potentially in the cards for Anderson. It depends on what he wants to do with, you know, the rest of his years. No, definitely. And I think one big difference to maybe note is Arlovsky, he was getting taken out by a lot of dudes for a while. That too. Anderson yeah. Silva, he's been... Lo- Arlovsky I mean, lost to Rumble Johnson. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. Anderson Silva's... Take out the Chris Weidman knockout, the leg injury. Mm-hmm. I mean, you... He was competitive tac- against Nick. What, he beat Nick? Short, yeah, short tactical of the... error on the... Positive the, test. Yeah, mm-hmm. the kick, Bisping, the fight was close. Close, yeah. So yeah. it's different circumstances than Arlovsky, but I get what you mean. He could yeah. be ready for another renaissance and change the game again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess we've got to wait and find out. By the out. way, also, too, completely on a side note and irrelevant, I want to give a shout-out to Bruce Buffer for rocking three different tux suits. Uh that was steez. That was beyond pimping. No, no, respect, that was, bro. yeah, that was uh, couture. No, not couture. Uh, what's the word for uh, fashion? We'll go with fashion. I'm thinking of fashionable. Yeah, that was fashion yeah. presidential. Sheep, something uh, like that. Yes. Oh, that, cool. <laughs> that, I, that was the other thing that stuck out besides the ugly yellow mat. And I was like, man, that is some gangster shit. That white suit was sharp. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Granted, it was for the interim championship, but would you ever thought that a championship fight would have been the second fight of a Hmm. pay-per-view card? Oh, hell no. (laughs) That's a good point. Aldo looked... He looked... 
he looked great. I mean, the old I, Jose Jose Aldo is back. Yeah. Right? Um, the most notable thing, I think, um, obviously, great counter punching. We oh. always knew his shots were going to be harder than Frankie's if he landed. What shocked me, Frankie, as active as he was, he fought a great fight. Mm-hmm. Aldo was slipping his punches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How the heck, when Frankie has such a large disadvantage in reach, are you still slipping those punches like he's Anderson Silva? So I was really amazed by that. I love that photo where McGregor's standing up and watching those guys through the cage. <laughs> um, great fight by Aldo. That's another one, though, that... Missing that pop of a star. That was one where it was apparent. Great fight by Aldo. Great fight by Frankie. Both performed. Uh, they had a great fight. Plain and simple. But you were thinking, you know, wouldn't it been nice if you had a matchup with, like, Aldo McGregor? I mean, we didn't know Aldo was going to come back like this. But, mm-hmm. you know, it was another one of those. Why was the big story happening outside the cage tonight? That's the one thing I that... I still don't think it's going to go back down to 145 anyways. No, I, I agree. Playing for a time before the drop the interim thing. But I feel bad for Frankie Edgar. Like, here's a guy that is such a great fighter. It's just he's too small for lightweight. He might be too small for featherweight. And not... not I mean, I say that because he, he beats all the guys. But when it comes to, like, beating the main guy, like, he just looks so much smaller than him. He can barely even reach Jose Aldo. You know, yeah. I got to say, that's another one maybe just timing for Frankie Edgar if it was I mean literally the only person he hasn't beat who's been in the cage with is Aldo if he, if he can go back if he can oh, anyway if I drop down to 135 he would destroy that division so, including like so. Dominic Cruz seemed like there was talk about that I hope Dominic so Dominic Cruz um, he said in the post fight like that's kind of that's on the radar but Dominic Cruz is also looking at unifying with the 145 down the line it looks like he wants a super fight for himself so how did you guys score this one I had it for Aldo yeah all, all five all five? Okay, so did I. I don't get it. Was it 49-46, 49-46, 48-47? What rounds could Edgar have won? Explain maybe, to maybe, me Maybe the first. That, that, I mean, I'm, yeah. I don't even know, but I mean, that one of the judges, me. Yeah, one of the earlier rounds, maybe on activity, I guess you could say, because he was getting uh, Aldo at the end of some jabs. Aldo was leaving his that chin fir- out. That first Aldo round was, was also landing That first well. round was yeah. a little slow, so maybe they did it for Edgar since he was kind of just... You, you can just see he was a little bit more... On the movement, I, I don't know, but again, I, I guess I, 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 didn't I felt like I didn't, even, I didn't even reach him. I, I'm just trying to see what the judges were thinking. Yeah, but yeah, I, I just didn't see any time that Frankie was besting Aldo. He wasn't. So, like I said, who? I mean, obviously, we see. We can honestly say here, and we're just going to go off what what they say at the thing. But obviously, the next one is Aldo McGregor, regardless of what happens with Nate Diaz, which it should be. Again, mm-hmm. I just don't see him bulking up and then being able to drop down to one forty five one more time. I agree. So, I agree. So, um, don't know what's going to happen after that. I don't know who Aldo is going to. I mean, so Max Holloway is literally right there. Max Holloway Plus, should get it, and then Anthony Pettis. If, if Anthony Pettis, Pettis is, yeah. it sounds like he was going to drop down to forty five. No, he already he did. Is. I think he's fighting Charles or Oliveira. Okay. So yeah. if, if he gets them being right. successful, mm-hmm. yeah. so we'll see how that goes. That um, is a fascinating fight. I'd get, you know what? Uh, obviously, it's still McGregor's world. Mm-hmm. He he did say at the press conference he intends to go back to one forty five. Same thing. Last he's time. pounding his chest. He's doing what you're supposed to do in promotion. You got to take into account. Let's say he doesn't come back for a while. Mm-hmm. If he's even remotely successful in the other divisions, he can come back and get a title shot whenever he wants against Aldo he Holloway. He wouldn't need to, though. It, it doesn't matter. The fact is, he can. So, the fact that he would vacate it doesn't mean that he's never coming back. It just means that the undisputed title would have been, you know, it's not. It's going to move on without him. Mm-hmm. So, I think take that into account. I think 
if he if he beats Diaz, he probably can make more money on a different fight. If he loses, obviously the smartest thing for him to do is come back and reassert his dominance at 145. So we're gonna if have to wait and it, see. Yeah. I'd like to see it, but I question whether yeah, I agree. whether he'll even try. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Another heavyweight clash: Kane Velasquez against Travis Brown. This was another one that which Kane is gonna show up. We've hear we've been hearing a lot about Kane acknowledging that he gets hurt a lot in a lot of these buildups. I mean, I can't I can't even count how many fights he's had. To, to, he acknowledges it. Yeah, I mean, he's had to switch up his training <laughs> just because he knows that he gets, I mean, Fabrice Verdum was supposed to fight him against, mm-hmm. uh, yep. you know, a few months ago, and look at how that ended up turning out. So we, it looks like he did something right because he, in my opinion, destroyed Travis Brown. I saw th- that Travis Brown was, like, on wobbly legs the same way he was against Arlovsky. Like, I knew that. Mm-hmm. Once I saw, like, a little wobble, I was like, he's done. Kane can just toy with and, him. And he, he didn't get back either. Uh-huh. Like, he didn't stay in the game. Yeah. Like uh, any true. other point. So, I mean, I, I know you guys were alluding that to a few months ago when, on one of our previous after shows, but Kane Velasquez showed up, and he is mm-hmm. and he showed that he belongs. And if you think about it, it was almost uh, six years ago where he first won the UFC Heavyweight Championship. Wow. Six years is a long time, but at the same time, he's probably fought like six times, you know? So he is kind of relatively young in the fight game. He doesn't have that much experience because of all the injuries and all that. So he's still well, pretty much relevant. I guess, uh, you know, only people close to Kane and he himself can say just how much mileage his body has in between fights that he's feeling. I can say, you know, did you guys know Kane Velasquez could throw spinning wheel kicks? <laughs> I mean, I, I was watching that with people and we were all like, I didn't know he could do that. I will say so this. That was, it is pretty scary when, obviously, Kane Velasquez, you know, standout wrestler from Arizona State. Oh, yeah. that's, it, that's his forte. That's his, you know, go-to. When you don't have to rely on that and you can beat people in other ways, that's pretty scary. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, he's obviously on the short list. Uh, we're going to see what happens with Stipe and Overeem. We really, I think a lot of fans really wanted that Overeem-Velasquez fight. I know Jay is very big on fresh meat, fresh, uh, fresh faces. Personally, I think the fans who take it is if it's a new fight. You know, him versus mm-hmm. Stipe, him versus Overeem, that's all stuff we haven't seen yet. Yeah. The, they're all looking great. I think why not make it? If they're still looking that vicious, let's lock them in the cage. But Kane, at the end of the night, he's back on the short list for the title. I think Overeem wins anyways, and I think it's going to set up for Kane against Overeem at the end of the year. That could be cool. Okay. I hope, all I'm going to say is that I hope whatever AKA did differently these past couple of months, that they pick up on it, and, and hopefully it wasn't doing the same thing and just rolling the dice, because if Kane can stay healthy, you know, um, he's going to be a, a major player in the division again. But beyond that, uh, I don't know. I'm still kind of holding my breath here. Still relatively young. He's only 33. If, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. If this perform, if if this weekend doesn't teach these guys something, you know, DC and Kane both dominating the way that they did on the biggest show. You know, this is the golden goose. They were given, uh, they they were given the golden goose in, in their lap to mix my metaphors, um, and they should cherish it and run with it. By training healthier and smarter and and avoiding injury. That's that. Yep. Uh, So that was the main card. Obviously, as I mentioned, the prelims and even the fight pass card was stacked from top to bottom. We didn't talk about Juliana Pena, who defeated Mm -hmm. Kazangano. Kazangano, her first time fighting in nearly a year and a half after that 14-second loss against Ronda Rousey. Um, Zingano, do you think she showed up or just Pena was better? Or I mean, I've been saying Pena's on the rise for the last... However long she, she she won the Ultimate Fighter. I think ring rust was a little bit part mm-hmm. of it. Um, we saw Zingano really for a round and a half 
kind of have her way with Pena, being uh-huh. able to throw her around, very dominant, you know, just threw her like it was nothing. So for Pena to come back and show off her ground game, credit. I think Zingano, maybe that time away, affected her a bit. Well, I'll also, Pe- hey, fight, yeah. but matchups uh, too. Pena, she's uh, improving her game since the Ultimate Fighter, so I think it was a combination in that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good, uh, good performance by uh, by Pena. Uh, I think she's probably hitting her stride right now. I do. I gotta say, we talked about it before. I would like to finally see uh, Ultimate Fighter winner versus their coach, and I feel like that's happened before. It, when Tito Ortiz, Matt Hamill. Okay, yeah. a winner. Yeah, no, Ultimate smack. fighter no, no winner. Ultimate Bam. fighter winner. Okay. Ultimate okay. fighter winner. Okay. If well, it would miss being Ortiz, that I'll was going to be that. with the flyweights. Uh, okay, that's still no, because Demetrius wasn't coaching. It, it, it was. Go- oh, it, okay. Yeah, yeah it was going to be Benavidez yeah. and Cejudo. Right. So yeah, I kind of would want to see that finally, but um, you know, just because that matchup I think makes sense in the rankings, mm-hmm. but we got to see what's next. Either way, good fight for Pena. Good fight. Um, good, not not a good fight for Johnny Hendricks, who I think has pretty much dropped it since he lost to Robbie Lawler. I mean, he did not look good at all, in my opinion, against Kelvin Gastelum. At any point, Gastelum probably could have finished him off. So I don't know what, what was causing. Obviously, we've seen Gastelum gas before, so maybe yeah. that's what it was. But I don't know because uh, Hendricks did not show up on, uh, on weight. On weight. You know what shocked me and about... And he'd be a small-ass man away. For the second Thank time. You. Yeah. You know what? Uh, when you look at them, you tell me that Johnny Hendricks was the one that missed weight when you watched that fight back? <laughs> I mean, I, I, what do you guys want him to do? Get well, murdered it, at middleweight? And, I, and Kelvin has has been in the same uh, same round after missing a couple of times that uh, you, Dana was going to make him go up to middleweight, correct? You would know this. Uh, so, obviously, uh, Gastelum getting 20% of Hendricks' purse. Mm-hmm. What happens if they both miss weight? Who gets that? Mm. <laughs> um, the UFC. From, yeah. Well, that, that's partially true, kind of. Um, it, maybe this is pride roles or, or, or what they did with pride, but... Um, in I, from what I remember, I think you, you take the penalty, the twenty percent, and you split it between the promoter uh-huh. and the uh, um, uh, and the other fighter. Okay. Now that's just tradition. I don't know that that's necessarily in uh, CSAC or NSAC or ABC rules or anything, um, but that's uh, that's how it's been reported in the past. Um, I don't know if that all went to him. I, I would think that's how they they reported it, right? Yeah, all twenty percent goes to so, yeah. Kelvin. Yeah. yeah. So if both guys uh, miss out. Um, you may not even have a match for that matter, but in this day and age, you know what's the likelihood of that happening? Yeah. Especially with the new uh, the new weight uh, weigh in uh, procedure, seems to be making a huge difference. Uh-huh. Um, guys being able to weigh in. Misha earlier. almost had a McQuaid. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know <laughs> what? That. Improbable, but not impossible. And yeah. we saw that on Friday. One yeah. missed weight. One champion almost didn't even make it to the weigh in. Yeah. So anything mm. is possible, even with the new rules. Uh-huh. After losing their last fight, both TJ and Sage Northcut, TJ Dillashaw and Sage Northcut, both ended up winning. Actually, had it. For, I had it from Marin. I don't know. I didn't really have it. I didn't really what? I had Sage's fight. I didn't. I didn't have mm. him winning that fight. I don't know about you guys. You know, I think his uh, good pressure in the first round. I don't think he looked that good. Okay, better than Marin. Put it that way. That's yeah. how I saw it. Third round conditioning mm-hmm. just edged him. Obviously, he had to pull out that Houdini escape. To say it again to get out of that armbar. Props to his toughness, mm-hmm. but Marin obviously took the second round. I think it was just a matter of conditioning and speed that just made him look better against mm. a slower Marine. 
I can't s- speak to it. I, uh, <laughs> my DVR watched the Yankees yeah. and the Indians oh. finished in uh, in overtime, extra innings there. I mean, so. I, I thought Dillashaw looked good. Probably set it up for another uh, fight against uh, Dominic Cruz. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the fight pass card, Diego Sanchez against Joe Lozon. Mm. I'm a big Joe Lozon fights. Oh, Joe Lozon fan, so I thought that was awesome. Yeah, Musashi, yeah. Jim Miller looked good. I mean, it was G- yeah, all... Jim Miller and and Takanori Gomi opens up the entire show. <laughs> mm-hmm. What? Right. Come on, man. Yeah, there was a. A hot, uh, short little fight uh, fight card pass with three first-round finishes. Musasi, who volunteered himself and was probably was close to fighting Cormier, um, obviously ended up getting Anderson Silva, mm-hmm. um, you know, facing Thiago Santos, who's, who's been on a roll, but obviously Musasi, I think, the much better fighter. Of course, Joe Lozon. Mm-hmm. Diego Sanchez was very happy overall. And, <laughs> you know, you didn't really see much, you know, meanness out of him except for the the, the walk. But Is he know. the dream or the nightmare? He or was a dream just, yesterday. Still, yeah? Okay. I think it was a dream. Well, he's he got sent dreaming, sadly. <laughs> um, Jeez. You know, I could... But, um, so three, but, uh, we're about to wrap up soon. So three things I want to cover. Uh, it looks like late breaking news. It, it happened as soon as we started the show. It looks like the UFC has officially been sold. I know there was a lot of talk a few weeks ago. Again, um, but I think it's actually now like for sure confirmed. Oh. Uh, TMZ Sports reported not to say all all hail TMZ, I don't know about but that, yeah. all hail TMZ, but. I mean, I, I like to think that they really care about, you know, reporting the news. So we'll see how that goes. I'm sure that'll be a lot of talk of the town in the next few days. Uh, middleweight championship. Next fight is going to be for Bisping. is going to be Dan Henderson. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally, I, I like it at the end of the day. Like I said, I've been saying it for a while. The storyline is there. You either have revenge versus, you know, redemption or whatever you want to call okay, it. You know, obviously, Henderson has been craving a title shot and the, even the title since... You have storylines, and you know that's something that you can market, and yeah. it's very easy to market. I mean, yeah. Jacques Ray, I mean, probably deserves it the most, but yeah, I'll give you that. You know, marketing. Okay, yeah, it's going to sell. It's going to do well for mm-hmm. Manchester. I know Dana White wants to give Bisping that respect and have it in the UK. Mm-hmm. My thing is, let's say he knocks out Bisping again. I actually have Bisping winning the rematch, mm-hmm. but for example, you really tell me Dan Henderson's going to hold on against. Luke Rockhold, Jacare for a long time after the way he's been performing lately. Number 13th ranked, Dan Henderson. Yeah, I mean, okay, Dan, best of luck with staying atop that division if you do get past Bisping. And now, will it be, had he, if he were to win, is there, is there, uh, what's the word? I don't know what the word I'm going for, but what do you do if he retires? Is it like, do you have to? Is it anybody going to get on him for retiring, or it's like, no. dude, you have to win? No. The, you have to defend the belt. No, look you at Saint Pierre. Have to defend the belt oh. anytime. If you if you retire, you can retire at any point. That's that's what I mean to say. Yeah. yeah. Alrighty, but uh, before we wrap up, it is actually Jay Tan's last show. Yeah. Today, after uh, I think we started around, I don't know the exact number, it was but February. I came. I came in. Two thousand fourteen. It was. It wasn't even a pay per view. It was um, Eric Silva against. Coke. Matt Brown. Matt Brown. Oh, and okay. the guest was Bruce Buffer. Okay. Now, I, I, I met you guys the event before that. It was UFC, mm-hmm. oh, uh, don't know the number, two, Jones versus Teixeira. Oh, the day mm-hmm. that Don Fry was here. Everybody's, D- Derry Bernardo's favorite, <laughs> Don, Don Fry. Fry episode. Um, so, yeah, that was my initial, yeah. you know, and that was the first time I met you guys. I met you specifically, and I met Derry Bernardo mm-hmm. now. Former Afterbus host now, currently NXT superstar Derry Bernardo. But uh, yeah, it was a, a lot of good times. It's uh, it's kind of a bittersweet pill here to be leaving the studio. Uh, but two and a half years, over a hundred episodes, and three uh, three seasons of tough. Two of them with you. No, one with you. Oh, right? the, the yeah. Um, yeah. 
but uh, yeah, life is moving on, and I will be uh, moving on to other other things uh, in Seattle outside of LA. So, henceforth, why I can't be uh, continuing here. Um, I'm looking forward to it, but you know, there's going to be a lot of uh, memories and, and stuff to to look back on here. Of course, you've got a hundred episodes of yours truly now there on <laughs> iTunes and YouTube. Um, a couple of things I would like to say uh, beforehand. Um, yeah, there. I, I've met a lot of. There's been a lot of great people here uh, in the studio. Of course, working you, with you for such a long time, Daria. We had a fun chemistry. We were always trying to give uh, insightful discussion and, and engaging, you know. And we'd banter back and forth. And there, there were some awkward moments at times. And those, that, that's the stuff that makes great conversation. You know, I'm always going to cherish that as well as uh, the the people that I know here and the relationships. Um, to that end, you know, first, of course, uh, Kevin and Maria had a vision for this weird thing about talking about TV shows, and they uh, invested in it, and, you know, now they've got a, a full staff and cadre of people uh, who are really, a lot of them are, you know, young, aspiring hosts and broadcast journalists. If you're in the L.A. area or if you come here for that, it's a good place to, to learn to cut your teeth and get used to being in front of a camera. That's exactly why I did it. Um, the staff here, many of these people that, that I'm going to talk about, you already see on their own after shows. Uh, and it's it's just worth acknowledging, though, that uh, guys like Phil, Phil Svitek has a very impossible job uh, handling as many heads as possible and trying to appease his, uh, what, please all the people all the time. That's not an easy job to do. Uh, my after buzz mom and dad have been Stephen Lemieux and Marissa Serafini. And mom number two has been uh, Brianna Phillips. I think I got that right. Sure. Oh, well. If I haven't figured it out now, there's no hope She'll for me. She'll let you know later. Phipps, thank you. Okay. I and thought it was Phillips, too. <laughs> yeah, For some reason, we all saw an L somewhere in there. To that end, by the way, though, as well, the engineers, uh, you, sometimes you hear them pop in. You, of course, see them on the other uh, thereafter shows. Um, guy, I know I'm going to miss some names, but Mark, Steve, Alexis, uh, John, Ray, Zach, and my man Sean Overman, who I don't know if he's around anymore, but he was always uh, one Jealous that had people. our back and, and made us look good. Um we had some fantastic guests. To that end, shout out to Ryan Bevins of RFA for continuing to bring us guys like uh, Alan Joban, Curtis Blades, Matthew Lopez. These guys are now all in the UFC. Terion Ware, who's fighting next week. Um, we had guys like Big John McCarthy, Art Davey. Herb Dean. Herb Dean. Shout out to Herb Dean. Josh Barnett. Josh Barnett. All of this. Um, but most importantly, um, well, I, I do want to personally say hi to... Uh, uh, Carol, Mike, and Diana. But um, the fans, the fans themselves, the guys in the chat room right now, Stephen Stud Hill, uh, Christian Alencara joined us at some point. Is a G thing. I don't know who you are, but what up? Eric Clark, um, our familiar ones, of course, uh, Dodgy Claire Bowie, um, whom I've never met, but we're now uh, good friends. My man DJ Cast, Cody Brito would often uh, join in. One, two, three, and of course, our chief cornerman, Joe Boza, from the left of my chest, my friend, thank you for supporting the show as much as you have. It really, truly has meant a lot to myself and, and probably the, uh, the team here. So thank you for that. Um, JTAN716, all over your internet. I will uh, still be around, just not on camera here. 
Yes, and you are more than welcome to call in at any time. Um, if I had a heart, I'd probably be crying right now, but I don't. <laughs> uh, but yes, I, wanna th- oh, <laughs> I do want to thank you for everything. You know, obviously, you've saved me a lot of money by me going to these shows and me not having to pay for them. <laughs> Whether it's RFA or U of MMA, so I want to thank you for that. Those are great, great shows that are, you know, U of MMA especially that you put on. Damn and right. Every single time I've been, you know, begging you to see hopefully at some point to see it on TV because I definitely uh, think it deserves for, for it to be seen by, by a lot more people than... <laughs> than you know a few thousand people but yes i want to thank you for everything you are awesome you're amazing that's i know we're going to keep in touch for a very long time uh again like next week yeah i'm going to come to text you tomorrow <laughs> um yes like i said call in at any time if ever you want to say hey i want to call in you know mm-hmm. ask me first because you know might not be in, i might not be up for it <laughs> but uh yeah again thank you for everything and uh yes we will be wrapping up as uh they've been telling me to do for the last half an hour uh but yes but real quick i know you said jtan 716 anywhere else where people can find you the U of MMA will be coming back November 13th. That's a Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. The Novo in downtown L.A. Tickets will be available at uofmma.com. Flight's probably starting around 4 or 5. I haven't Ooh. even started booking. <laughs> See you then. You are, you, you are warned. All right. Hey, guys. Well, first off, you know what? Respect to you and everything you've done. The house you guys have built here. I know you guys have been doing so many more shows. So respect that. You know, it's great to be here. Great to be here with George. I'm Gabriel Gonzalez. You can find me on Twitter. Talk everything MMA at Double G on TV. And I'm George Hermosa. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, eBay store, eBay store. <laughs> G Hermosa, G-H-E-R-M-O-Z-A. Again, we'll, we'll, we're going to continue the range. We're going to see if we can maybe get some other people to fill in. Maybe a couple chicks, you know, add a little sex appeal that you're, you know, that we're not going to have anymore now that G10 is going to be gone. Maybe possible? I won't leave after all. <laughs> I don't know. They've been, they've been, they've been teasing some chicks going to join us, so we'll see. But uh, yes, thank you so much for watching us on YouTube. Thank you so much for listening on iTunes, SoundCloud, all of the above. Uh, feel free to continue the chat room in, in, or, you know, YouTube comments, Twitter, ABTV, or do we do that? Hashtag ABTV UFC. Sure, why not? Sure, let's start but, uh, again. We will be back very soon. We will uh, hit you guys later. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 